2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston next.
1: Big jab there from Ducky.
2: There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bulls**t Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. All
0: right, great to be back with you, albeit not back in the United States of America. It is Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. It's episode 382 of the Anik and Florian podcast. What's up, my man? Rocking the AF merch. What's happening, man? How you doing, bro?
1: It's, it's great. It's great to be here. Great to be talking about the fights. There's a lot to talk about. Um, crazy night. Crazy oh, night. It was man. a wild
0: night. And you always set me straight in a lot of respects. And I love when I get to talk to you this soon after a pay per view. Thank you to everybody for the feedback on the DraftKings deal. Again, more to come on that front. The press release should be released this week. Don't forget full episodes of the Anakin Florian podcast are yours on DraftKings clips on the AF channel. But again, we're still working through that navigation. We're going to make every effort to make these episodes as easily accessible as humanly possible. But Headlines today, of course, is going to focus on UFC 283, Teixeira versus Hill. Ray Longo coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Ray Longo is going to join us whenever he goddamn well pleases. So Ray Longo <laughs> will be here soon. And, uh, you know, he was texting me like a mother last night. So he has a lot of thoughts on these fights as well. I just want to say, Ken Flo, to you as a guy who speaks Brazilian Portuguese and who I came to Brazil with so many times, and I leaned on you at all these restaurants and everything else. And and as I mentioned, you lived here for a while. The nationalism in this country is just really special. And I know you can speak to this. And I'm not saying this is the perfect place, right? We were advised by the UFC to not even leave the hotel, right? Because there are some inherent dangers, a lot of kidnappings and robberies, whatever, right? But the love that these people have for their fellow fighters, right? For the athletes, for one another, I don't know, man. It's just a special, special thing, the way you embrace these people and the way that they embrace each other. And I know if anyone can speak to that, it's it's probably somebody like you.
1: There's no question about it, man. They're extremely passionate uh, about their country, their culture, uh, especially when it comes to sporting events. You know, if you've ever been to a soccer event, you've watched it on television or been there live, you will feel that energy. Uh, and Brandon Moreno knows a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. They can take it a little bit far, but, you know, the, these are um, these are people that uh, absolutely will support uh, their Brazilian fighters to the very end. Uh, and, and it's cool to see, man. It's a special place for sure.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about blind loyalty and unconditional love? It's these Brazilian yeah. fight fans and certainly Moreno experienced it because in large part, a lot of people felt like it was an eye poke that caused the swelling. And obviously we all know that it was a punch, but a lot to get mm-hmm. into on that front. I did sort of say on the broadcast and I know Cody tweeted about this, but like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, why not chant? Like they did chant for Shogun, like Shogun, but dude, like, how about every now and again, chant like Maya Gino, instead of like, you're going <laughs> to die to every fucking fighter. Like it just gets tired. No. Like
1: they they definitely tried to intimidate you as you walk in, you know? Actually, I think it was it Jamal Hill as he was walking out? There was one fan that was like telling, him like, you're gonna die. He's like doing the throat slit, talking to him throughout, and Jamal was actually engaging him. I'm like, What are you yeah. doing, Jamal? Focus on the yeah, focus right. on the fight. But yeah, that, I mean there's there are just so many examples of, yeah. you know, Brazilian fans just going nuts, man. It's yeah. hilarious. Jamal's inner monologue is like, Well, Clover might
0: die, but I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And he almost did. And let us start there. <laughs> Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill is the new undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion 50 to 44 times 3. I hearken back to my first fighter meeting with Jamal Hill and we talked about his grappling because his striking obviously is what leads the dance, but I asked him about his grappling and he's like, y'all just don't understand. Like, I fucking train with Croyler Gracie. I all people, you know. He was a purple belt at the time. Now he's a brown belt, but a lot of people wondered how he would handle this physical challenge. A lot mm. of different takedown offerings from Glover to share a lot of attempts, a lot of different takedown attempts. And, uh, Jamal Hill stuffed two of 17 shots. I thought he was very good in transition, urgent when he needed to be. Uh, and his striking obviously ruled the day, but we have a new UFC light heavyweight champion and it's a, Ameri- it's an American athlete who, who I think is only scratching the surface as to how good he can be.
1: I agree. I think there's so much potential in that young man. I think, you know, he was certainly vulnerable at times, you know, getting mounted against Glover and stuff like that. But uh, again, it's how you deal with it after you're in that position. And he showed that he does know how to escape. Uh, against a guy who has the credentials and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt of Glover Teixeira. Now, I think he might be in trouble against a guy who is a wrestler, who is solely focused on keeping him on his back. That will be interesting to see. However, against Glover, I thought he was making the right choices. He was staying patient. He was staying composed, which is exactly what you need to do in those big moments during that fight. And, you know, being in hostile territory, being in a major main event, his first world championship event and responding in that manner showed that this is a guy that's very capable, that's very intelligent. On the feet is really where he was shining, right? But uh, in those tough moments, he, shows, he showed that he knows how to deal with adversity and that is going to fuel him and propel him uh, in future fights as well.
0: He did not have anything that resembled a full training camp for this fight, and I think that's another feather in his cap. You know, Mm -hmm. he did put down the backwoods about four months out, right? But I do think it stands to reason that now he's going to elevate things in terms of his cardiovascular base and all of his other skills. Um, You might have heard us reference sort of energy systems on the broadcast, right? Because... There are fighters like Jamal Hill who maybe don't have the optimal training camp, but they seem to know how to manage energy. And I do believe that the Tiago Santos fight for Jamal Hill was really good experience for him to have accrued, right? To have that brutal third round in which you're absolutely dominated, you're exhausted back on the stool, and then to have it within yourself to rally and then go finish him in round four. So, um. How did you feel just about the way Jamal managed his energy and the way he he mixed his skills, both offensively and defensively?
1: This, to me, is the most important and most ignored aspect of combat and its efficiency, how you manage your efficiency, how well you can execute with just a little bit. While everyone's winging huge punches and trying to do this and do that, being an effective martial artist really comes down to efficiency and managing that energy bar, that fixed energy bar that you have for that fight. This was a five round fight, a 25 minute battle. And the way that Jamal can stay composed, talk his heart rate down and be efficient and effective, With his strikes shows a lot. You know, you see a lot of guys start hot. First two three minutes, or first two three rounds, and they got nothing in rounds four and five. Jamal needed every single minute of every single round uh, to win that fight against Glover Teixeira because Glover was rallying somehow at forty-three years old, rallying in that round, in that fifth round to try to get a finish. I'm just amazed by his heart and and the kind of warrior he is. Uh, And if Jamal wasn't efficient, if he wasn't composed, if he didn't know how to manage energy. A less mature fighter, a less skilled fighter. I wouldn't even say that. You could be really skilled, but not be able to do that and lose that fight. Yeah. I think that to me is what stands out about Jamal Hill. And that's why
0: you're the A side of this podcast, because efficiency was the word that kept eluding me all night. And there you are saving the day. We did episode one of this podcast and we had Yahoo's Kevin Ioli, and he comes on. We welcome him on. I don't know if you remember this in 2015. And he's like, thank you guys for having me. Why is it the Anakin Florian podcast and not the Florian and Anakin podcast? Like, with respect, John, Kenny fought for the UFC title three times. And uh, the Anakin Florian podcast was, I mean, I don't know. It's because
1: John does all the fucking work is really what I did.
0: As you well know, though, the Anakin Florian podcast name was was your idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that that is true. But the name was actually a placeholder. I remember some early episodes. We were actually soliciting the audience to give us a name for the podcast. And here we are eight years later. And uh to whatever degree, the Anakin Florian podcast stuck Um as far as. Oh, and one other note I had on the efficiency, just, hey, jab when tired, right? Like you could tell when he got a little fatigued right. and he just focused on the jab Uh in terms of the stoppage. Right. So I was in Singapore with John Hackleman after Glover to fought Yuri Prohaska and I said to Glover, I was like, immediate rematch, no doubt about it. And Glover's like every day of the week. Hackleman had some pause just given, okay. I think, the unpredictably violent nature of Yuri Prohaska and Glover Teixeira engaging in that rematch at 43 years of age. Obviously, that did not materialize. But John Hackleman has gone through some things with Chuck Liddell. He's concerned about his athletes. And so I knew at the end of round four, because I know Hack so well, that he was going to want to stop this fight. Now, he's not the chief corner. That's for right. Nelly Feliz Sr. And Hackleman is even deferential to John Nandor, who I believe is the strength and conditioning guy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Maybe he has some other training value as well, right? But so I said that I think if I know John Hackleman the way I do, he's going to try to stop this fight. And then I was able to read his lips and he said, can we stop this fight? And immediately mm-hmm. he was sort of talked back from doing that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that Mark Goddard or any referee – is validated to let the fight continue just because Glover Teixeira gets the mount in round five. I do believe there were several times in this fight that Jamal Hill was a strike or two away from the finish. Um, any thoughts from you on that? Did you have a problem with the fight continuing? And um, what were your thoughts on that corner engagement there after round four?
1: This, to me, is the most interesting angle Uh When we're looking at this fight, John Hackleman has been around this sport for a very long time, both as a fighter and as a coach. He's seen a lot of things inside the cage, outside the cage. And I don't know him that well. I haven't hung out with him that that much. But what I get from John is he is as real as it gets, man. And he's not afraid to speak his mind. And when you see the effects on that, when you see the effects that it's had on past fighters, right? Um, it's heartbreaking as a coach to see that. This was my guy. It was my job to protect him and do my best. And you can only do so much, right? You can't go into the cage with your fighter. But when you see the, these things take effect on certain people that you absolutely care about, it changes your perspective. And I think he's been with Glover since the very beginning. Glover Teixeira was the main sparring partner for Chuck Liddell for many years when no one knew who Glover was. And knowing that and seeing that and knowing what Glover has been through, he doesn't want to see that same thing take effect. He's out there as a coach, yes, but also as a friend. And and you have to manage that relationship extremely well and know your fighters to, to, to say, if I step in here and I stop this fight, he's going to be okay with me or love him so much that it doesn't matter. If he's pissed off at me, I'll deal with that later. My job is to protect my dude that I love. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was the thing that would, that was, um, you know, tough for him. I, you know, it's tough because I think at the end of the day, we are adults. We, we need to take care of, himself, uh, of ourselves at a certain point. We can only do so much. And uh, to, to kind of, uh, stop that fire from within that fighter who never wants to quit, uh, yeah. h- it can be tough because Glover had his moments in round five. He had his moments in round five. He could have won that fight. He was in the mount. He was landing some good shots on the feet, all that stuff. So do you want to rob a fighter of a victory as well? It's something that I think will vary um, fight to fight, corner to corner, and not everybody is going to agree on that. Uh, The fighter, other coaches, it's a really tricky thing to manage, John. So when
0: Glover Teixeira says, I'm too tough for my own good, that is concerning to me because yeah. he is intellectualizing it and understanding that it's not good for me to be absorbing this damage at 43 years of age. You know, who's to say he wasn't like half blacked out and doesn't even remember mounting Jamal Hill, right? Like, yes, I understand that he was able to rally. And so I think for a referee, that somehow – you know, maybe validates your decision to allow the fight to continue. I certainly think if this was a non-title fight, it would have been stopped. You know, Ray Longo loves texting me on fight night, and he wrote, come on, John, he's taking triple the damage as Lauren Murphy. Now, these are two different situations. And I don't even think there's a point of comparison to Davis and Figueredo necessarily either, because Figueredo's eye was effectively shut. He will not be allowed to continue fighting as a one-eyed fighter, right? Um, but Glover Teixeira, Kenny, you know, he, he passed the vision test and, uh, you know, the blood, despite the aesthetics, you know, the blood didn't seem to be some major, major factor. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth a little
1: bit. No, well, listen, I, I would say we need to look at a couple things. We definitely need to look at the damage that the fighter is taking, but we also need to look at how the fighter is responding. When we look at Glover, was Glover still Did he have the sense to return fire? Was he being effective with a lot of the fighting techniques that he was executing inside the octagon? Yes. Now let's go back to, right? Because that's a main factor. It's not only the damage, but how is the fighter responding to that damage? Lauren Murphy, to me, was not going to find a way to win this fight. She was taking damage and her skill level was such, and, and I mean this respectfully, her skill level was such that she wasn't going to win that fight. She she doesn't unfortunately possess the footwork, the power, or the speed, or or some of the techniques to deal with someone like Andrade. So not only was she taking damage, but. She wasn't even able to really respond effectively after round one, in my opinion. Right. So uh, to to me, it was like one of those things where there's a skill disparity. It's why the matchmaker in fight promotions are so important. I'm not supposed to put up a white belt against a black belt and see what happens in a grappling event. I need to find someone of comparative and equal skill. To see what happens. It doesn't always work out that way, right? Yeah. But when you see that huge disparity of skill and you see that person taking a lot of damage, that's when you have to go, there's no chance. That's it. There's no chance of this guy pulling it off. Glover had a chance. That to me is the difference.
0: Yeah, no. Beautifully put as usual. And you're right. Glover Teixeira won portions of that fight juxtaposed against Lauren Murphy, who did not win a single exchange or a single 10 second portion of that. Entire fight. More on that, obviously, coming up later. Uh, And for Glover Teixeira, you know, I think if he had won, he would have had one more title defense and obviously the payday that goes with it. But I love the fact that he walks away now. And, uh, you know, some people bemoan the fact that the Brazilian crowd left during the Jamal Hill interview. So he didn't necessarily get his flowers from the crowd when he was giving his final post fight interview. But for Glover Teixeira, Ken Flo, to be able to realize a UFC championship at the age that he did, you know, power to him, right? I mean, this. He was going to go down as maybe one of the better fighters, not unlike yourself, to have not realized UFC gold. You know, guy's got a UFC championship belt at home. Now the focus is on Alex Pineda, and he's about as beloved as any fighter in the sport as he exits.
1: I, I love that, and I think that's accurate. You know, to go out there and be a world champion in your respected division, uh, you know, in the toughest sport in the world and the biggest promotion in the world, to pull that off is huge. Uh, there, there's going to be no regrets, no regrets on his end on what he's yeah, accomplished right. as a fighter, and to do it in your 40s, dude, that's mind blowing to me. It's inspiring. He, he has his credentials. He will be in the Hall of Fame in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I think he went out in the right way to, to, to go out like that to show that kind of warrior yeah. spirit. After that, uh, was awesome. I just hope there's, there's no lasting effects for him moving forward. And it's not just that fight. You look sure. at the Prohaska or all. All, you know, Proska fight or all the other fights that he's been a part of. But, um, you know, to me, yeah, absolutely, he should be applauded uh, for what he has contributed to the sport, what he's accomplished. Um, I, I was just blown away by not only his performance inside the octagon, but the class that he showed afterwards as well. That, that's just uh, one of the best dudes in the sport, period.
0: And he does still seem sharp as a tack, despite all of the MMA miles accrued and all of the sparring. And uh, you can be sure he's going to be there every step of the way for Alex Padeda, Wellington Turman, and everybody else under that to share MMA and fitness roof there in Danbury, Connecticut. But it is Jamal Hill, the new undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion, 50 to 44 times three, 10 across the board in that fourth round. And as we spin it forward for Jamal Hill, myriad options at 205 pounds, Anthony Lionheart-Smith, came down here as the backup. He missed weight. I don't know how that affects things. Jamal Hill and Anthony Smith were booked to fight. So even though Anthony Smith is coming off a loss to Magomed Ankalaev, perhaps he'll get a title fight. I think Jamal Hill might have something to say about it. You know, I'm not sure that Magomed Ankalaev necessarily is the promotions cup of tea, but I would probably go in that direction. And then one other name I would throw out there, and this is not going to happen right now, but I stayed up until seven o'clock in the morning so that I could congratulate Jamal Hill in the lobby. And... He mentioned a fight with Alex Padeda. Now, not now, right? But a lot of people believe Alex Padeda would be favored to beat Jamal Hill despite being the middleweight champion. They're essentially both. Anno- dude, Jamal Hill's fucking huge, by the way. Huge. Huge hands. Every bit 6'4. His feet, his hands. I Hi, like. Whoa! Hey, yeah. Size 15
1: shoes. Yeah, I never noticed. I was like, he was about to go in the octagon. I was like, dude, those feet. What the hell? It was crazy. Yeah, anyway. When he
0: won the game show on Remember the Show here on the and Florian podcast channel with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik, Bilal had to, like, order him special Jordans because they were size 15. So don't have to spend too much time on this, but what do you think in terms of promotionally what they'll do for Jamal Hill's first title defense? Do you think it will be Anthony Smith, Magomed Ankalaev, or a name I'm, I'm forgetting?
1: You know, uh, it was unfortunate that Anthony Smith didn't make weight. I, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for him or give confidence in the organization to say, "Hey, this is the guy we can rely on for the next title shot." But I, I think that probably makes the most sense from a promotional perspective, just based on Anthony Smith and his visibility in the UFC as an analyst and and, and you know a lot of the big fights that he's been in. I think that's probably the direction they'll go to. I think Ankalayev, they can always kind of put uh in another fight or or wait for him to kind of uh, get that next shot. So I, I imagine it's probably going to be Anthony Smith. I wouldn't be mad at either of those fights. I think Ankalaev is a much tougher fight for Jamal Hill just based on his his skill set. Um but uh Anthony Smith I think would be an interesting Ooh. fight and and most likely where the, where the promotion goes I would think.
0: All right, Ray Longo Minute coming up in 60 seconds. But four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're all counting it down to Super Bowl 57, except for Longo, I guess, right? But new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. And if you're not a new customer, not to worry. You can feel the conference championship thrills as well with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you Add up to 100%. So the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely dusted the in-division New York Giants 38-7. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through the city of brotherly love. And I know a lot of people love the San Francisco 49ers and really like what the Dallas Cowboys did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But man, it's hard to argue with Philly after putting up a 38-7 AFC going to be interesting as well We'll see what happens with Patrick Mahomes But a lot of ways to get in on the action And you can do it not now but right now So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app Use promo code AFPOD New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships And get 200 in free bets instantly Only at DraftKings Sportsbook With code AFPOD Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details Alright Y'all know Ken Flo's a star but he isn't the star of the show That's very long ago, let's get to him
2: now, time for the Ray Longo minutes. I am to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo minutes, starring Ray Longo, the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Ray my Longo, guys. hey, hey greetings from Rio de
0: Janeiro, Raymond.
2: I got your answer. For uh, go ahead. What happens the next fight? Par- 205. He becomes oh. a double champ. How's that? Oh my god! How's that for matchmaking? Well, well here's the thing: he could actually pull that off. He could uh, actually pull that off. He, Kenny, he's the hundred percent the favorite in that fight. He's a beast, man. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, he moves. I'd up imagine. To 205.
1: I'd imagine. Yeah. and I'd imagine making 185. A guy that big, it it must be tiring and brutal to make that weight at 205. I bet he's comfortable,
2: strong, fast. Probably feeling better than he is at 185. Without a doubt? Without a doubt, that's a that's a crazy fight. I mean, and that's a that's a winnable fight for Pereira, which is insane. He becomes the double champ with the least amount of fights ever in UFC history. How's that? How's that?
1: Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are, too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt, sip, smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly twenty twenty four Sonoma, California. I
0: guess that's you that's crazy. Excited no, I like him. it. And I like you <laughs> bringing it. And hey, I, I mean, I was I don't know if you heard if you were on, but I talked to Jamal Hill last night and he mentioned the name Alex Pineda in the lobby last wow. night after the win. Not that that Love would be it. his first title defense. Not that that would be his first title defense. And let's also not right. forget, I think I think you guys bring up a good point in terms of Alex Pineda maybe not playing the long game at 185 pounds. I mean, he is he's much bigger than Glover oh, Teixeira, right? Bro. So I do think eventually he's going to move up to light heavyweight. But he has yet to defend the middleweight title. And the Adesanya rematch is lurking. Robert Whittaker could get the inside track if Izzy's not ready. And that belt could be on the line as soon as April. So I just – I don't know. I don't think it's going to be now for Jamal Hill and Alex Pineda. But I do think there are legs for that matchup. All right, before we get back into UFC 283, Raymond – Main event, Marab Dwallis Willie fighting Piotr Yad. I mean, you just I mean, you just can't stop preparing for this, Piotr Yad. You just can't fucking get rid of this guy, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, what what a huge uh, platform for Marab. I love the five round fight. Uh, you know, he deserves it. He's he's done what he had to do to get this fight. And I think uh Man, I think that's fireworks, man. That's not an easy fight. That's going to be a really, really tough fight. So uh, I like the five rounds, though. I always wanted to see Marab in a five-rounder just putting that pressure on. So, right, you know, we'll see. Aljo was actually in this weekend, so we were talking about it. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, at least he's got, you know, his best friend and training partner knows him very well. I think that's a big plus Uh yeah, there's a couple of things, mm. but really, I mean, that's a great fight. I mean, just whatever, for whatever reason, for a lot of reasons. Great fight. Yeah, great fight.
0: So, Ray, you texted me during the main event, and you right. said, come on, John, he's taking yeah. triple the damage Lauren Murphy did. So talk to me about the UFC light heavyweight championship fight and, and ultimately your thoughts, despite John Hackleman's wishes that the fight did continue after that brutal round four.
2: Yeah, I, look, my, my point was I was being a devil's advocate. I Look, I'm not an early fight stopper. Uh, I've got grown to be, you know, but, you know, from, you know, where I came from, that really wasn't ever uh, kind of an option. Right, Kenny, back in the day, that was, you know, so we're getting smarter. He's not where dead we,
1: yet. Keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I was telling somebody the other day, you got knocked out in the boxing gym. You were in there the next day. They wanted to see if you could oh, yeah. tough it out, and that, that was – a fact that that was happening that would never happen today i would and me personally i would never ever do it i'm there to protect the people but uh my point was he took more damage than lauren murphy from a big guy you got two big guys one guy's 43 years old i don't i don't think that that was the issue to me you know he's so is it, is it the damage or was it the fact that we didn't think Lauren Murphy could win that fight at any cost? And we still, look, up until that last second, I thought Glover could win the fight. I mean, you were going like, holy crow, he's going to win the fight. He got the fight down with four minutes to go. Like, this is crazy. So I don't know if it was that. It was the competitiveness or is it the amount of damage? Uh, that, that was kind of where I was going. I was just looking to provoke a conversation. Nothing, nothing crazy. I'm glad. Okay, got it. You know, I'm, I'm glad. You know, I, I, I'm not glad, but I'm glad Glover got to go out the way he did. It definitely wasn't a shogun rule. That guy fought his freaking balls off. Could have won that fight a couple of times. Uh, maybe not, you know, because Jamal did it. Like, listen, I don't want to make the story about Glover either, but when you fight a guy like Glover, that's what happens. He is the story. But Jamal mm-hmm. Hill did a fantastic job. Uh, and as much as I wanted Glover to win, I did pick Jamal Hill to win because I thought his... Yeah, his uh, boxing was going to be on point but man did glover man he just 43 like you never know when is that last fight when is that when, when can't you do it anymore so i uh, mean there's so much to unpack with that but the fact that he understood he was too tough for his own good and he got out of there i, I love this guy like that's what i'm saying like yeah i just hope he's okay because this is a good individual this is a salt of the earth solid guy who's great for that community up there uh, doing what he loves to do. So I, I don't want to see him get hurt, but I am glad he got he went out the way he wanted to go out. And again, yeah. it's a big difference than the way Ruha went out, you know? And uh, right, I right. don't know. Like, again, John, there were times in that fight I really thought he was going to submit him or he's going to go for, you know, whatever. You know, it, was, it, yeah. it, it, it just had yeah. the intensity of a great fight. It was a great fight.
0: Yeah. And I, I know, like, Kenflos fight second. with... I know, yeah, I mean, like Kenny's fight with Sean Shirk was very bloody, and there were some other wars. But like Kenny never absorbed even remotely that much damage in a fight—concussive right. damage, right? Kenny, I mean, like not even fucking close in any of your huh? fights.
1: Huh? Where are we?
2: Who are you guys? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yes. What? Huh? What are you talking? What are you talking about, what are you talking about? Man, I like, <laughs> hey, what are you talking about, John? I never even <laughs> We like love- chickens and yeah. windmills. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? Hey, talk about you talking about soccer. My soccer never got play? hit in my
1: life, never got hit in my life. Crazy, hey,
2: i tell you. Hey, but you played soccer in college, right? <laughs> brutal, brutal. brutal. I brutally allowed, beaten in the Were soccer. you allowed to do the headers with the ball?
1: <laughs> I was, uh, I was. I had a big head, I never missed. I never Man, missed. If
2: you want to listen, to, I mean, I, look, I don't want to put turn this down negative street, but um, if you want to listen to something bad about concussions, it was about a soccer player. And the guy, the CT from, he was a famous soccer guy in England. It's just, it didn't, it didn't end up well. It was a horrible story, but uh, it does, you know, that's what I say. These, you know, every, everything carries its own uh, issues with it. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, you can't say enough about, I was, I was uh, excited for him and just, I just hope he's okay because again, he is a great guy and he doesn't deserve to get banged up like that uh, at all. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, my daughter Riley is no Kenny Florian on the soccer pitch, but she is on two teams. And when I was in Rio, right, one of the bullies on this other team stepped on Riley's toe. And. You know, Riley is my kid who's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. She's pretty dramatic, a little bit of a hypochondriac like her father. So I'm in Rio, and she's like, Daddy, I think my toe's broken. I can barely walk up the stairs, and my wife's like, yeah, okay, Riley, right? So sure as shit, right? Displaced fracture of the big toe. She's in a boot for six weeks, and she's going to miss the whole season. So just a lesson to you parents out there, even if you think your kids are soft, sometimes they might actually break a bone. Yeah, yeah, right. So much to get into today. I feel like we're already chasing the clock and we will have an extended UFC 283 recap coming up later this week. Brian Petrie is going to join us. We'll probably be joined by Santino DeFranco as well, Um, but I want to transition to the flyweight championship if I could, and Ray, we'll start with you on this. Brandon Moreno gets a second finish in this fourth and final meeting against Davis and Figueredo, and... There's nothing to talk about now as far as who's the better man in this equation. You know, Daniel has said repeatedly, Daniel Cormier, that Moreno is just a terrible matchup for Davis and Figueredo. But Brandon Moreno beat the best flyweight version of Davis and Figueredo this night. He finished him. And uh, the series definitely goes to Brandon. Raymond, your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, look, those guys... You know, unfortunately, they could fight 10 times and who knows, you know, it'll, it will it's just going to be a great fight every time. But uh, look, Moreno made the he made the uh, changes. Right? I love the way he implemented the takedowns right at the beginning. Uh, you could see that this fight, he fought with his brains and not with emotion. I think he even referenced that somewhere. But man, was he cold and calculated. And I think that was the difference And he probably could have did that in every fight but i think he let emotions get the best of him and he was swinging like a lunatic after times and uh <laughs> and, and that was i don't know so he he did i thought he was smart game plan fight iq off the charts wait a minute we have a guy now that thinks he's part of the podcast this is a problem no Let's go, Coach. We got some work do we to got? do. We got some hey!
0: work to do. You know, hey, You know, it is, he's, waiting to,
2: he's waiting to go. He wants to watch football. He's mad at me for doing this. We right? uh, got some uh, playoff football, but you know, we're here getting that work in.
0: Hey, we wish Let's your go. Buffalo Bills all the best. Hey, Maddie, you're the biggest power slap fan in the world. I've heard. Is that oh, true?
2: man. No, I can't Dude. watch it. I can't watch did, it. No, I'm
0: out. I'm out as well, yeah, man. No, I'm out. I'm I'm out. out. It's weird. just. Yeah. It's just, it's just traumatic brain injury. That's all it is. No, Fravola you can't had, defend uh,
1: yourself. That's where I'm at You can't that, defend yourself. That was like, same, no, the same that's thing, thing here. Cool. It's, yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. You know, like, like we were talking before. Like, oh, what are they going to do next? They're going to have like knife fights. And then I'm like, at least, <laughs> right.
2: at least if they could <laughs> defend themselves, you know, I'll right. watch it if, if it if they could wax on, wax off. But yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to go up two stories and we're going to push each other off. And then the guy Sears,
1: had, Sears survives. Yeah, But exactly. we, give,
2: we, we give the guy an elevator ride back up, though, Kenny. He? he doesn't have to walk up the stairs. We <laughs> elevate him back up so he can push the other guy off. I mean, what, where this was? <laughs> wait, let me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this, and I, I'm just saying I don't like mean anything specifically by this, but I did watch it, and my first, these were my thoughts, and I'm saying I love everybody. This is not has nothing to do with it, but. I, when I saw Dr. Davidson there, I just go, man, it just cheapens what he does. And then the, the other guy that I mm. love, and I love Davidson, and I love Herzog. I'm like, I just thought it had such a negative effect I, on guys yeah. that I really looked up to. I don't know, like, again, I don't mean anything by it. I'm just saying what I felt when I was looking at it, I go, wow, well, just, I can't believe that, you know? And then- you, you- you know what
1: i equate it to you know there's nascar there's f1 there's le mans and all that stuff it's like there's racing but it'd be like me going and start like hey i'm going to start a uh, car accident championship you yeah, know right. what i mean yeah. it's like yeah. Yeah, right you know, it's like these guys yeah let's, there's the professional racing which is dangerous fighting is dangerous right but, but, but at least they can defend themselves they're pre- but like having like something that's just going to be reduced down to just like car accidents just like two cars slamming into each other it's not cool to me but
2: because i I, you know even like hunter campbell i've never met the guy but they tell me he's a super intelligent smart guy uh yeah i'm having a hard time with that now smart it's a money you know like again i just don't get why you would attach yourself there's no way this is making it and i'm not wishing any look people could do what they want i'm not i'm not getting down on anybody i'm just saying i can't see how that makes it at yeah. all. Like, there can't be anybody that would pay for a pay-per-view for that, can there? Right or wrong? I don't know, but I don't want to make yeah, it about Yeah, no,
0: power. I mean, and we have said, hmm, yeah, we have plenty of UFC 283 stuff to do. I was just sort of yeah. joking around with fribola because he had pushed out a yeah, tweet yeah, just yeah, not yeah. understanding we, we, why this is all going on, and <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I do think, though, you bring up a good point, right, when I see my good friend Jason Herzog and his association yeah, no with this. Like, I, I, it's just the fact that the Nevada State Athletic, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I want to get into it. Skip
2: it, because I'm telling you, we will go down negative street real yeah, quick. Yeah, and it's, just, yeah, it.
0: and, uh, it's not going to do me any favors with anyone. But Brandon yeah, Moreno guys, is the go, undisputed go warm UFC warm plywood champion. All right, Matt, see you, you like the you best, like buddy. You That's your wife. Yeah, so, yeah, Brandon like want, Moreno.
2: Unbelievable. That oh did you yeah i went over last sunday after the podcast she's she's an amazing she person amaz- she looked fantastic that's great awesome. spirits everything just uh, what a just made me feel good just seeing her feel good it was just amazing amazing to me yeah. amazing that's all you can say
0: all right, so Davison Figueredo is going to move up to 135 pounds. Kenny, it looks like Alessandre Pantoja, who does have a couple of head-to-head wins over Brandon Moreno. I think one of those is an exhibition. Um, but Pantoja, I guess, got pretty testy with Moreno backstage. All indications are, though. Pantoja's been biding his time for a while. That's going to be the next flyweight title fight. But-
1: yeah and he's doing everything possible to try to secure uh that that opportunity against moreno listen i kind of want to go back to the fight a little bit because i thought it was a fantastic fight excellent performance from moreno uh ray was talking about the emotional connection to the fight. And I think he's spot on. If you go to Moreno in his last fight, the, so the fight previous to this one, he was walking out. And I always think this doesn't bode well for a fighter when they're coming out and they're like, I'm the best. I'm the champ. I'm going to do this. Well, it's like, it, don't say that. If, 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 you know, if you don't really believe that, you kind of have to say those things. I think it's like me being like, I'm a man. I have a maroon shirt on. Yeah. I have a beard. I have dark <laughs> hair. You'd like, this is a crazy person right here. So Mm -hmm. I I think he came out way more calm and composed he didn't have to pump himself up because he was genuinely confident heading into that fight and man did he execute he allowed davison to kind of come forward used his aggression against him hitting some crucial takedowns landed some good ground and pound got good position and of course you know landed that nice left hook there that landed on his eye which you know compromised uh moving forward um I i think moreno pantoja is a great fight um i'm really interested in that I think Moreno is still a completely different guy, um, you know, and, and I think there might be a different result. I, I, I would love to see that. And for Figueiredo, I think he's making the right dis- decision in moving up at 145 pounds because – 135 pounds, sorry, because he never quite – quite looks so comfortable at 125 pounds. You know, it's like, I could have fought at 145. Am I going to be at my best at 145? Definitely not. So I think that was the right move, especially moving forward as he's getting older. And I still think he'll be fantastic at that weight class. I don't know if he's going to be a champion in that stacked weight class, but I think he's going to give a lot of people trouble, and he's going to be as dangerous as ever.
0: Brandon Moreno Knows himself really well at 29 years of age. And you guys hit on a lot of truths there. I have on my fighter card. He admitted to being emotional, bordering on angry, like in that yeah. third meeting with Davison and Figueredo. And obviously he kept all of that out of the equation. And uh, such a good dude. And to have to navigate that post-fight circumstance, I like the way he still was able to put Mexico over and uh, dodge and popcorn and beers on the way out. Just a crazy fucking yeah, scene that in was Rio. Nuts, Good to be back here, though it really has been. Um, and,
2: and John, just let me yeah, was crazy. Thing. Just thinking of emotions again. That's what the, one, the first thing I would address with Marab is the same thing because you know you have the Georgian thing, the Russian thing. He's got to keep that out of the equation. It's very, very strong. We might not understand it as Americans, but that's a very, very strong emotion right there. And that's the only thing that worries me. That's the first thing I would work on even before technique at that point is that you have to stay within yourself. Now, you can't go berserk because that against a guy like that, that will not that that's not a good, good, good thing to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, we continue with our UFC 283 recap. And a lot of our prelim conversation on the Bonfim brothers is going to happen later in the week. We wanted to give the champions a lot of shine today. We might actually have to get some from Longo on the Bonfim brothers before we get out of here. But I got to talk about Gilbert Jorino Burns, my teammate at the Institute Uh. of Human Performance couldn't get a fight after the Hamza Shimaya fight last April. Jorge Masvidal turned him down three times. He also alleges that Bilal Muhammad turned him down, even though Bilal wasn't given necessarily eight or 12 weeks to prepare. But Gilbert Burns is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Wouldn't he have to be, right? He's undersized for this division. He gave up like a foot in fucking reach. The Magni camp loved this matchup for them. And Gilbert Burns backs up everything he said all week. He said... I have to finish Neil Magny. I have to make a statement. If I'm in my zone in a flow state, this fight doesn't last 10 minutes. And Ray Longo, it didn't last five.
2: Right. Uh, look, I love a guy that, that I, I don't think he was like saying anything, braggadocio I love a guy that backs up what he says. Kenny, you got to love this guy. His jujitsu is off the hook. You know, Magny's no slouch to, uh, to run through like that. And he ran through him. I think he did make the statement he needed. Another guy that you got to love when you talk to him. And, uh, Man, I'm waiting to see what hope. He's got a lot of good fights ahead of him. The Covington fight would be fantastic, the guy he called out. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no question about it. I think that was the fight that he needed to prove to himself, more importantly, that he's of a different quality than a Neil Magny, who's a very good fighter, but doubt. just not really at the elite level. Gilbert Burns had to show that, hey, listen, I can be a champion in this sport. And that's one of the few instances where you you're coming off of a loss. Where you actually ride h- even higher off of confidence, where, you know, Hamza Chimaev, who is probably a decent sized 185 pounder, skillful everywhere, and he still made it an absolute war. And he said, wait a sec, I, I can do this. I-, I can, I can beat the boogeyman here. I had my chance. And, you know, even you look at what he did in Kamaro, uh, against Kamaro in that r- first round. So I think, I think he did the right thing, performed brilliantly. No mistakes, didn't take any damage. That's just a clean performance. That's what every fighter wants, right there. So awesome for him to get that, and especially do it in Rio de Janeiro.
2: Yeah, th- there's and- guys that talk, and you don't believe them. When he said that, you kind of, I kind of said this fight's not going ten minutes. So right? I got a lot of faith in yeah. Gilbert Burns, and uh, like again, I think he needed that for his head. His confidence is at an all-time high at this point. And, uh, look, the Chimaya fight is that ain't a blemish at all. I mean, he oh, he, no. was, he was put in there not even to last 20 seconds. And I bet you that fight goes totally different if they fight again, uh, yeah. especially if you make it a five round fight.
0: You guys do make some good points, right? Because even though Gilbert Burns at 36 years old is not going to be cutting down to lightweight. And I know it was hard for him even when he was younger. Right. But, yeah, you think about him as sort of like a tweener, 160 pound fighter fighting Hamza Chimaev, essentially a middleweight. It's just crazy how competitive he was. A lot of people... Uh, Didn't even know who had won that fight necessarily after 15 minutes, but we'll see if it'll be Gilbert Burns and Colby Covington. Gotta think Gilbert's next opponent is either going to be Colby or Bilal Muhammad, but I think he's wise to call for, for the bigger fight, which is Colby Covington with all respect to our guy, Bilal Muhammad, who is firmly in that mix. But uh, congratulations to one of the best guys in the game, Gilbert Doreenio Burns. All right. I want to quickly get to Jessica Andrade and Lauren Murphy because Jessica Andrade, I just have so much respect for this lady and our Hall of Fame voting body is one man. It's UFC president Dana White. But if I was ever to request a sit down with Dana to advocate the candidacy for a fighter to get into the Hall of Fame, it'll either be Rafael dos Anjos or Jessica Andrade. And I don't even think I'm going to have to advocate for Andrade. She's tied with Amanda Nunes for the most wins. In UFC women's history with 15, she's done it like Kenflow across three different weight classes. She chews up and fucking spits out anybody in the top five that isn't a champion. Like, I don't know. Like, she, Kenny, I just, I have so much respect for this woman and this skill set and everything she does. She didn't even have her head coach and, uh, just destroys Lauren Murphy to add another chapter to her already appreciable legacy.
1: She's a beast, man. She, she really is extremely dangerous. It's rare that when you get, someone at that weight class man or woman who can hit as hard as she does um she's a devastating puncher she's extremely powerful she's tough she's committed uh she's evolved a great deal over the course of her career uh and lauren murphy's a good fighter um she just had way too many weapons way way too much power way too much athleticism um and this isn't the first time she she does this repeatedly in that division so i thought it was a fantastic win for her
2: yeah. It looks like she could do this for another 10 years, to be honest with yeah. you. She looks she looks fresh. She spoke well. I don't think she's absorbed a lot of damage. I'd love to see. What she said, I'd love to see. Bring the uh, Whaley back to Brazil and fight in Brazil. I think that's a totally different fight. Uh, I think everybody would love to see that fight. And and that's about it. But look, let's, let's give Laura Murphy a credit. I mean, she's got the grit of a champion. I mean, she wasn't going to be denied she was fighting till the end yeah you can make a case for stopping it but uh and again i know we get into these things you don't want to say well the person's got a good chin and that's that's a good thing but uh she was in there she was still swinging you know and i think that was that that was the difference but you could see she was a step behind with the speed and i think the speed and power combined was a was a problem for her. but hats off to laura murphy for uh for uh, really really just sucking it up and making it through that fight
0: We all know what the case is for stopping the fight, Ray, but what's the case for not stopping it? Because Lauren is still throwing. I mean, isn't that a lot of muscle memory? Like she didn't win a second of that fight and I'm paid to do a job, right? And this whole notion of a moral victory, right? Is the reason to keep her in that fight so she doesn't get finished and goes the distance with an all-timer like Entourage? Is that what we're trying to do as a coach?
2: No, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just giving it up to her for having grit. I mean, I'm just okay, saying that's out. a... No, I would, no, no, the fight the fight should have been stopped. And, you know, I, I, it goes back to the Glover thing. Glover always had a chance of winning that fight at any time because he can hit hard and he has great submissions and grand, a ground game. Uh, Lauren never got the fight to the floor. If she did, you know, the girl got right back up again. So it left out the intrigue of you're almost... Just hoping for a hail mary. I think, because yeah. you know yeah. she's such a nice person, you just want to yeah. see it do good. So there's there's emotion, there's, there's a lot involved. But yeah. I'm with you 100, percent John. I'm not even, you know, like again. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really what I'm just was adding another shine. No, to it of course she was gritty, You know,
0: Joe and Lauren Murphy are two of my favorite people in MMA. Yeah. I consider Sean Madden to be a friend, right? But. I mean, I had a confrontation with a coach here even in Rio. Like, even if my public approval rating is a little bit higher than it was in 2012, there's always issues with fighters and coaches, but I, I can't worry about that. I have to have thick skin. I have to call it like I right, see it. Right, and, right, um, right. I just didn't need to see any more of that after round two, you can be sure. But real quickly, Ken Flo, as far as Andrade and Zhang Wei Li, looks like Valentina Shevchenko is going to defend her belt against Alexa Grosso. I know there is a ground of momentum potentially for a super fight between valentina shevchenko and amanda nunez or valentina shevchenko and Zhang Wei lee but let us not forget jessica andraj in 2019 slams her way to the title and then three months later she goes to shenzhen china and defends the belt against Zhang Wei lee to be a good soldier on ufc fight pass right no pay-per-view points not on television fight Zhang Wei Li on the fucking internet like a few weeks after winning the title. So to me, to Ray's point, if ever an athlete deserves to have this reciprocated 100%. and have that title fight in Brazil, it's Andras.
1: Yeah, listen, I, you didn't even have to say that stuff, and I would say she deserves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea about that. That just adds more fuel and, and gives her that much more of a push to to get that next shot. But I, I think that makes sense. That, that, that would be... Fair to give her that second shot, given the circumstances of the last time.
0: Ray, you got to go here in a minute, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Can I just quickly get your thoughts on Jose Aldo being inducted Uh, into the UFC Hall of Fame?
2: I'm going to have two thoughts on this. My first thought is that I really believe that's what they should have did for Shogun Hua. That's what that that would have been a nice retirement. Show his highlights. Forget the fight. And if you're going to give the guy a fight, you make him the favorite against somebody. You don't give him a fight where he's the underdog and he's 45 years old. I don't get that. Like, what's the point of that?
0: Go ahead. Well, Ihor Potieria, if you look at the UFC's light heavyweight division, you can argue he's one of the lowest ranked fighters in that division. right? I think Brian Petrie acknowledged on our podcast last week that he had maybe one win over – a fighter above 500 when he got signed by the UFC. Like you're right. Potier was a two to one favorite. Um, right. You're just thinking maybe somebody long in the tooth that I'm not thinking of that maybe would have yeah. provided a more level playing field. I don't know. Yeah. I think they were yeah. kind of trying to get him a competitive fight. I don't know.
2: All right. But anyway, so that's that. But the Jose yeah. Aldo, come on, man. That had to bring a tear to your right. Here's a guy. And Kenny shared the octagon with him, which is amazing. Because this is a guy that's been around forever that people did look up to if you want to see devastating leg kicks that's the guy you look for if you want to see crazy knees take down defense he was the guy so uh and again another really nice guy you know that that really deserves this more than anybody but man does his body of work speak for itself crazy so that was a great moment that's the way i like to see even though it was a hall of fame and not a retirement I'd rather see him shift to that where yeah. you show all those highlights, yeah. and, you know, you get people talking for five or 10 minutes and that's it. Call it a day. I don't want to see guys going out like that. It means, you know, because we, we start rationalizing, you know, well, at least he got the fight again. Even D.C., like we got to see him again. I, I disagree with that. And I don't want to, you know, my thing with these. I don't yeah. want to disagree with anything. No, I get it. I, I mean, John, you think if you actually tried to shove him, you could move him more than like a sixteenth of an inch? <laughs> really, Kenny. The guy's arms are busting out of his suit. I'm like, this guy's huh, a house. I mean, he's a house. He's a fucking house. This guy. What do you do with him, Kenny? Yeah. And, the guy, and the guy knows what he's doing. Fire do 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 do? If that guy yeah. grabs you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You think you're Just, you think you're surviving? Well, Kenny taught him.
1: Politely, <laughs> taught him you have to ask coat, him to so. let go of you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, listen. No. I, I, Can I chime in about Jose Aldo? Yeah. Or are we going to say goodbye to Ray? Ray, you got to go hold.
2: No. Chime in about oh, Jose and oh, no. no, 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 I'm mad. I here.
1: was going to say this. I was going to say this, and I'm, I'm sure Ray would would agree with this. You know, it's like t- I don't care what organization. I don't care if you're fighting over an LFA or some small organization. If you were undefeated in this sport for ten years, you're a G. That should be like yeah. wow. I don't care. That's impressive. No mistakes. You perfect for ten years. Congratulations. And, and That's right, amazing.
2: Kenny, you're a G, but he wasn't just undefeated. He was dismantling yeah. a lot of people. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like-
1: so you have that. He was a world champion in this sport. He was an innovator. He yeah. was uh, athletically superior to, to pretty much everybody out there. So he was doing things that other people just weren't doing. Like people are learning from
2: yeah. him. If you were just yes. one of those things, you would be impressive. Right. He was all of those things. And he carried a division I mean- that the UFC didn't even want. He carried yeah, that freaking division. He brought light to that division. So all these bantamweights and you know featherweight, they owe it to Jose Aldo. He trailblazed that whole thing for those guys. And, man, did he do a great job of it.
1: You could also argue, I know this is a little bit of a push, because Conor McGregor is a special individual right. who carries a lot of charisma and skill. But would Conor McGregor be Conor McGregor if he didn't have that win over Jose exactly. Aldo? You know, it's like, like, he gave that push to Conor McGregor. So, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I agree Jose with you
0: had won 18 consecutive fights going into that meeting with Conor McGregor that of I mean, course lasted just 13 18. seconds. 18.
2: A lot of guys Unruh. don't get 18 fights in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, this guy won exactly. 18 fights in a row. I gotta Crazy. say
0: too, Ray, and we'll let you go, but Our coordinating producer, Zach Candido, does listen to this podcast, and I think you might even have his wheels churning in terms of the Shogun Hall of Fame stuff, right? Because I think it's a little bit of a tricky navigation with the Hall of Fame when you get in for a fight. Diego Sanchez gets in for his fight with Clay Guida. Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua get in for their fight against each other. But I could sit here until I'm blue in the face and make modern era or pioneer era arguments to get into the Hall of Fame on their own individual merits for Shogun Hua, Dan Henderson, and Diego Sanchez. So I think that actually is a good idea, right? Like as Shogun Hua is retiring last night, you know, you do all the bells and whistles and you put him into the Hall of Fame. That would have been amazing.
2: No, that's the way to go, John. Trust me, as a fan... And a guy involved in the sport, I, I loved what they did for Jose Aldo. I thought it was his retirement, which it shouldn't be, but it was a great thing. That's where I came. I would have just a great thing if they would have did that show again. and pay him his, his money. Give him his money yeah. for the fight. Yeah. That's the way you right. go out in this organization. We have the yeah. money. We're going to put on a big spectacle for you with the highlights and interview people. Put it on. It brings a tear to people's eyes. Look what Jose Aldo Hall of Fame guy's crying like a baby because of the excitement and just the joy of what that brought him. That's the way to go, Zach Candido. I, I promise you.
0: Yeah. Ray Longo, thank you so much. I know we sort of tweaked the time on you today, but you're an absolute soldier, and uh, no. I always appreciate those texts on Fight Night. You have no idea, no, no, so thank I, you. Man. I,
2: you know, I love you guys, and I would do anything for you, but I got a bunch of maniacs looking through a window now trying to get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get out and of this here. Is, thank this you, is why we. This that, is why we. this is why this team wins, because it's Sunday, and people should be on, but we're down here fucking grinding. I Watch out it. for Nas on the 18th, baby. We're bringing it. I'll talk to you thank later. You, buddy. Let's
0: go. There he is. Look at fucking Ray Longo. I mean, that's how you outro yourself. Ray Longo met it every week here on the Anik and Florian podcast. So later this week, we will talk about Ismael and Gabriel Bonfim. Bruno Fajeda on short notice, stepping in for Brad Tavares. And he knocks out Gregory RoboCop Rodriguez. A lot of great prelim performers. Jailton Almeida, of course. I want to get your thoughts on Johnny Walker over Paul Craig before we get to our final thoughts, uh, you know, these guys were entrusted with this main card pay-per-view opening slot. You knew it was probably going to be a quick fight one way or the other. Um, but I think for Paul Craig, I, I have a lot of respect for the skill set. But, you know, a little bit of it is kill or be killed. And, um, you know, I don't know, just all of a sudden he went from having all this momentum and head-to-head wins against Jamal Hill and Magomed Ankaliyev. And now it's two successive losses and he's not really in the mix at all. I want to talk about Johnny Walker, but overall thoughts on, on those two, that fight and, and where they might stack up in the division now.
1: John, that last fight with Paul Craig, this highlights highlights the importance of defense. It doesn't matter how dangerous you are in one area; if you can be killed easily, then um, you're doing it wrong. And I think that for Paul Craig, that's why we see these you know highs and lows in his career, where he's either submitting you with some something just fantastic, or he's getting knocked out with something fantastic. And um, you know that that came with Johnny Walker. He he stayed a little bit too close on that single leg. He wasn't mobile on that single leg. He wasn't wasn't really off balancing johnny walker too much johnny walker's too powerful too big too dangerous to allow him any free shots and once he ate that first one man it was all downhill form so unfortunate but on on the other side of things i think it was cool to see johnny walker fighting with way more confidence it seems like he's been working hard on his game he hasn't had perfect performances all the time but it seems like he's settling into um, you know a, a point in his career where he's he's kind of shored up some of those vulnerabilities. He's not a perfect fighter yet, but I thought that was a a really good performance for him against a guy who is dangerous. Uh, so I, I thought he took advantage of that spot uh, extremely well. Man, you just
0: have such a way analytically, right? Confidence. I mean, that's it, right? That's the difference. That's the difference for me and Johnny Walker. And I do think that he was a victim of expectation early on a little bit, right? Started 3-0 and in the UFC with those three first-round knockouts, bonuses, you know. And then I think some of the setbacks against Tiago Santos and Jamal Hill, I think, really helped him. There were some injuries, right? The shoulder surgery after the celebration. Then he breaks his foot in the Tiago Santos fight. Then he gets knocked out hard by Jamal Hill. He's a near 2-1 to underdog against Iwan Kute Laba, beats him, and now he's won two in a row. And I got to say, man, like... Great athlete, mentally and physically strong, tremendous frame, you can argue, for two divisions, wildly popular in Brazil. A lot of the locals were saying, you know, Shogun Hua gets announced at the ceremonial weigh-in. And it just goes to show you that this fan base does turn over every three or four years because Shogun didn't get nearly the pop that Johnny Walker did. And we talk a lot about Jailton Almeida and his potential in two divisions. Johnny Walker, to me, Kenny, would seem to have a lot of potential at 205 right now and eventually maybe even heavyweight before he retires.
1: No question about it. I'd imagine it's probably difficult for him to get down to 205 pounds. That's quite the frame. He can put on even more muscle. Uh, Obviously, extremely physically gifted. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fight at heavyweight in the future.
0: All right. A lot more coming up later in the week on UFC 283 at Anik Florian pod on social media. If there is any topic that you would like us to dive further into later in the week during our second episode. But before we get on out of here, I would like to call on the executive producer of the Anakin Florian podcast, Cody Merrill. And before we get to your Merrow seconds, I just would like to acknowledge you publicly for all of your help with our transition. I know you've been essentially doing this 40 hours a week for the last two weeks to sort of help us navigate this. So uh, just wanted to publicly thank you before you get to all the fucking shit that we missed over the last hour. So,
3: Well, thanks. Hey, anything for the, uh, the fans, you know, the fans are what we do this for. So that's who we're trying to feed back to. So uh, one thing, just I, I have some other notes, but Kenny, can you imagine a Jamal Hill versus Johnny Walker title fight? Like, wouldn't that just be insane?
1: It would. It would. I think that'd be very interesting. Johnny Walker's got some work to do, but uh, yeah, I, I think he can. I think They he fought can do 11 it. months ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think get back. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they- that was, that was a brutal, that was a brutal well, knock the promo. It remember, would be it's mean. like timber. Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
3: Um, so UFC 283 was the first UFC event back in Brazil with a crowd since November 2019. John, you were on that call. If my research is correct, your last time in Brazil was May 11, 2019 for Jorge
0: versus Nama right? Yes, right. The last time we had fans in Brazil. Yeah, UFC 237. Yep.
3: Yeah. So at that fight. Uh, so since then, Jessica's fought seven times. So that gives you kind of the... The sense for yourself, like when the last time you were in Brazil with the crowd was, so just uh what are your, what were your thoughts on the crowd? Just final notes there,
0: yeah, I'm glad you're giving me a chance to sound off on this, and by the way, andraj, in terms of the activity, I will say two thousand twenty two the only year since she signed with the uFC in which she hasn't competed at least twice, so. Look for a busy 2023 for Jessica Andrade. But no, you know, there was a time in my life, as Kenny knows, that I was going to Brazil six times a year to these remote locations. Jada sul, traveling from Las Vegas, away from my family, non-air conditioned venues, main cards at three o'clock in the morning. And I couldn't get back to the States fast enough, but have this little breather to come back to Rio for this pay-per-view with this backdrop and this setting. It was absolutely incredible. I've never been this excited to come to Brazil Not that I'm not excited to get back to the U.S. tomorrow, but no, I mean, it was absolutely insane, them stomping their feet and creating all of this noise. I mean, they really do unite as one underneath that roof, and uh, yeah, it was a special night.
1: And how's that Brazilian acai, dude? It's totally different in in Rio than, or Brazil than it is in, in the U the states, right? It's dude, delicious. A,
0: I am gonna be done with you guys in five minutes. I am gonna go do some recreational drugs with Bruce Buffer, and then I'm gonna go get some acai. <laughs> Everything's different about it. And I live in Florida, Kenny, right? And I know you experienced some pretty good acai in California. I live in Florida, where actually a lot of Brazilians try very hard. Right to do acai not well and it's not the same at all. The consistency, the no. color not even close. So yes, we're off can, to get can you some, bring some
1: back. Can you bring some back in the suitcase? Is that going to melt everywhere all over your suit? Just I, bring I some back, bro, It'll, it'll yeah, probably yeah.
0: mesh nicely with Glover's blood all over my green suit. But uh, yeah. What else you got, yeah. Cody? Well, and way to blow the
3: news on the fact that the three of us and Bruce are opening up a dispensary slash acai shop in uh-huh. Bogarton, Florida. So <laughs> way, to, way to break uh, yeah. the press release there, John. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so, continued notes, fight of the night uh, was Jamal Hill and Clover Teixeira, also Ismail Bonfim and Jalatan Almeida. You said you're going to get more Bonfim later in the week, so I won't go into anything more there.
0: Um, huh. So, Ismael Bonfim obviously got the bonus, but Gabriel did not. Correct, on the record at least. Yeah. So, yeah, discretionarily, obviously, Gabriel Bonfim is going to be taken care of. A little surprised to see Jailton Almeida get a bonus, but good on him nonetheless.
3: Uh, so more notes. Just one last note on Andrade: two hundred thirty-one significant strikes for her is the UFC flyweight record. Uh, it was the second largest for a three-round fight behind Diaz versus Cerrone. Oh wow! Yeah, and so yeah. Oh, uh, she's awesome. I also believe per the notes that I was reading on Sherdog was that she is only the she's the only fighter to have eclipsed two hundred significant strikes twice in her career in a three-round Jeez. fight. So she's insane. She's
0: unbelievable.
3: Uh, so that is a flyweight record, and last week, you know, we did break some news. But Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso was also broken for the co-main event from March fourth. So a big fight in the flyweight division coming up. Do you have a do you venture a guess, Kenny, on what the odds are for that on DK Sportsbook?
1: Uh, I'd say Shevchenko. What probably like uh, five to one, six to one. Yeah, minus six hundred.
3: That's that's why Kenny gets paid the big
1: bucks. <laughs> yeah, I rarely get those right, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs>
3: Um. So, just to continue along those lines, early line movement. John Jones, when the fight broke, was an underdog. He's now moved. He's now minus one twenty for UFC two eighty five. Wow! So, you know, quick line wow. movement. Some smart plays there. You know, I know I'm one of them, so I had to get on that dog money. uh, More line movement. Kamara Usman. The odds did come out on DK Sportsbook minus two forty five versus Leon Edwards plus two hundred five for that rematch.
0: Surprise there, John. That's very interesting, Kenny. It- in terms of that trilogy fight between Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman. So Gilbert Burns is still working with Kamar Usman a little bit here and there. Oh, wow. But Gilbert Burns yeah. this week in Rio was asked about that trilogy fight and who he thought would win it. And he said with an argument largely rooted in the altitude in Salt Lake City, he's picking Leon Edwards because he said Leon Edwards got off to a great start in the altitude. Then he feels like that affected him in the middle rounds. And then obviously we all know what happened in the fifth round. But... I'm so curious for our fighter meeting with Leon Edwards so I can say like – so I think what we want to have that conversation. Like why was the performance yeah. so listless in rounds two, three, and four? Like do you have answers internally as to why you couldn't get off at all for major portions of that fight? But I did think it was interesting that Gilbert Burns talked a lot about the altitude and went on record as saying he thinks Leon wins the, the third
1: meeting. That's very interesting and that's totally feasible because it seemed like he didn't have that same kind of spunk. He didn't have that same kind of energy moving around the octagon that you typically see from him. Footwork, huge part of the game, obviously. Huge part of the game for Leon Edwards, who is a very sophisticated fighter and has a lot of skills. So, huh. Something to think about. Yeah, I think so.
3: Well, and interesting, too, because everyone wanted to jump right to Kamaru's outside of the octagon things to blame the lot. You know, they're like, oh, he's not focused. He's going Black Panther, which comes out on Disney Plus a couple of days, you know, cheap plug. Yeah. But interesting, interesting to say the least. Minus 245 on DK Sportsbook. So yeah, last- I'm
0: not sure I've ever been more interested to have a fighter meeting than when we sit down with Leon Edwards in England just to try to get some answers as to how they felt about the totality of that fight.
3: Right. John, gun to your head fish and chips or acai?
0: <laughs> acai, just because you're asking me today, but I'm a big fried food guy, so I don't know.
3: Yeah, we know, uh, we, <laughs> we know, Chost. We know. Shout out, Jay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no Cody's cover this week, but if you watch Remember the Show, which we've had over 100 UFC athletes and now have, you know, our first homegrown champ in Jamal Hill, you know, huge Remember the Show That's staple. Right. Uh, I did give out. Burns to win by finish in round one and the under one and a half That's for right. Walker versus Craig. So
0: fade me at your own peril. I'm just saying. Marrow's on fire in the DraftKings book. Got to get that going in Florida. All right. That is going to do it for this episode, but not for this week. As you know, the Anakin Florian podcast throughout 2023, not one, but two episodes a week. And our next episode will probably drop on the DraftKings YouTube channel on Thursday. Clips on our socials as well as the Anakin Florian podcast channel. Also, don't forget, remember, the show is back this Thursday with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik, and we will be live later this week with Coach Santino DeFranco, Brian Petrie, as we continue the UFC 283 conversation and get to anything else that materializes uh, in the MMA stratosphere over the next 48 hours. Thank you to our executive producer, Cody Merrill. Thanks to Ray Longo. for my man, Kenny Florian, John Anik, signing off from Rio de Janeiro. We'll talk to you in a few days. Until then, yo, fucking later. Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to CV 2024. Proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop
2: by.